0: is free nowadays you know we're already like scraping the bottom of the barrel (laughs) trying to figure out what we can do of the networks and everything but hey you know we try our best and we've been we've been doing this for what over three and a half years now and we don't see that i don't see us not not doing any more especially with the raptors still playing okay I mean, I know that the last game, I guess the Pacers was quite a disappointment, uh, but it doesn't mean that we're out of the picture, especially in the play-in. Uh, but guys, Jay, Dre, it is so good to talk to you guys again. The gang There's, is back. The, the gang is back. All three of us are back. Dre, we love you men. Uh It's good to have you back, brother. How you been?
2: uh next <laughs> yeah yeah i feel you i
0: feel you. well kind of like the same with the raptors i mean i'm pretty sure raptor fans listen to the the will lou rant the the man that was epic um, that was epic you know i mean it i you could feel the disappointment and this is what i love about will lou is that he doesn't uh hold back his fandom yes he's at this point he's like uh, he's media he's he's Toronto Raptors media and he at first and foremost he's a fan just like all of us and hit the disappointment in, in his voice kind of like spurs off to all of our disappointments too of how this team has gone they, they, they definitely one step forward like 18 steps back and that's what mm. we felt with the Raptors and the last the, the last game I don't know if the heart back to it too much but like we were yes we were down a couple of players but the Pacers were also down one of their uh arguably their star pair, there's their all-star player and we kind of shut the bed from the start of the game from the beginning of the game down being down by two and giving them uh, almost 40 points and it was just a it, it we i know that we almost pull it off but like this is the for a team that is trying to stay uh you know trying to get into the playoffs because right now we're in a play on in, play-in team we have to give as much effort as possible and last night showing wasn't that or last game showing wasn't that so we have we have nine more games left guys um but okay elephant in the room i know that this is a raptors podcast and we will talk raptors guys okay But there's something I wanted to talk to you too, in particular, mainly because I value your opinion very, very highly. And usually I just want to have uh, candid conversations about maybe not have to be the Raptors. At this point, it doesn't have to be about basketball. But if you haven't seen already, uh, there are a couple of teams in the NHL that are refusing to do any uh, participate in um, wearing warm up pride jerseys to celebrate pride that celebrate the lgbtq uh, community and it, it, it's a it's a really hot topic right now i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go as far as say that this is this is bad or good on other other ends but i just want to have a candid conversation with you guys okay i i want to know what you guys feel about the nhl and some teams and i can show you right now teams like the New York Rangers, New York Islanders, Minnesota Wild, Chicago Blackhawks, all deciding not to go with any of the Pride jerseys, um, and it could be a myriad of things because of people's faith, because of uh, people, uh, player safety. But you know, it kind of comes down to, uh, I don't know. What do you guys feel? I, I think I just want to start right, right there, Jay. Maybe I'll start with you, man. How, how? What? With with what's going on? um in in the world right now how, how do you feel about this whole uh, uh refusing to do pride but pride
1: well it's it's interesting how when you started things off it was mentioned that you know we take we're talking about the raptors and there's that one step forward 18 steps back
0: and
2: yeah yeah
1: there have been i don't know if there have even been any steps forward here with the nhl i mean it, it started i would say uh, i mean again again none of us here are are hockey fanatics to the extent that a lot of the listeners probably are but it started maybe about six months ago ish when one of the players uh, didn't want to wear the jersey and that that already makes the news if, if you're not and then your reasoning behind it whether or not you share that but it's been more I wouldn't even say concerning I, I would say it's just uh, it's sad to see uh, as, a, mm-hmm. as a human being the number of NHL players the list of players growing in terms of those who don't want to wear a pride jersey and we're talking again about a sport where you're openly trying to hurt another individual (laughs) with a weapon essentially and wearing a different colored jersey all of a sudden is something that you're afraid of and, and you hide behind reasons like your religion or whatever other reasons you want to hide behind but it's it's really just disappointing, and uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and and you mentioned the the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm going to call them out specifically, so they're they're probably the only ones who I've seen who hasn't hidden behind. Hey, it's it's my religion that says I, I can't I can't support this. So that's what a lot of players are kind of hiding behind here. Um, but the Chicago Blackhawks are not, as a team, are saying that they will not support pride jerseys because of an anti-gay Kremlin law that could, um, I guess, imperil Russian athletes if they return home. That is yeah. like, come on. Mm. So now, now we've got these kinds of reasoning starting to creep in. And again, this is the first one I've seen that's not religion related. Yeah. But now now it's starting to start political. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it just stems to this whole dis- disappointment in, and, and you know what you're going to get too is you're going to get some division within teams already, let alone the players that decide not to. But like within the, the Blackhawks organization already, right? Like their their coach is already saying that he's he's disappointed in this decision. Like it's it's ugly, and I, I can't believe that that this is such a big issue. And and we a basketball pod are talking about it, but that's how bad it's
2: become. Okay, but this is a, a bit of a doozy. So it's there's a lot. Um... Before I proceed with any of it, I just want to at least confirm my stance. I am an ally, I will forever be an ally. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like when you grow up in the 90s or 2000s, you might find it, you know, if you're like a straight uh, or like a hetero kid who doesn't have to worry about these things, um, you might find it funny to like use um, members of the LGBTQ plus community as like an insult. You know, I've heard the F word tossed around a lot when I was a kid. Um, I don't know it's like one of those things where uh we've made a lot of progress um with how we view others but at the same time we also haven't and uh again i view i view myself as an ally and i also acknowledge that there are many laws that have been passed that uh discriminate and actually really hurt a lot of members of that community and i feel like that's the first place to start now why i bring this up is because when you get into the real crooks of the conversation, it's neither black or white. And this is why it gets really kind of screwy. Um, so the way I see it, before I get into um, the same stuff that you said, Jay, because I do agree entirely, there are some, again, gray areas here that make this a little bit more complicated. So I do know that um, a lot of teams like the Canucks, for instance, have had like a fan base that's very vocal against like the warm-up jerseys in general, not just the pride ones, but in general, like even like the, the really dope year of the rabbit Chinese new year ones, because there's like this rhetoric in general that, um, and it's not like the, the NBA jerseys where they play these during the game. Like my understanding, and I'm not an expert, uh, is that these are warmups. And mm-hmm. a lot of these are like the capitalist angle behind it is very explicit where uh, they're not wearing these in the game. From what I understand, these are just a warm-up jerseys, but you could buy them because they're exclusive and mm-hmm. everything. So that angle already is really bad. And I feel like the further we get into an accepting world, the further we get into a world where um, a lot of big bu- businesses capitalize on things when they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be uh, ethically and morally just. So um, we see pride, and we see the acceptance of our friends and loved ones. A lot of companies see profit, and unfortunately, that's getting more and more mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. obvious. So if that's the concern that a lot of people have. On one hand, I totally get it because it's co- a complete bastardization of something that's supposed to be, um, for, for good. But on the other hand, if you're taking one stance or the other, cause again, it's not black or white, but if you, ha- if you are taking the stance of one or the other, I would still take the stance because even though I know it's, uh, you know, these jerseys might be for gain as opposed to an actual changing of history, um, i would rather be an ally and prove that i'm an ally than the opposite now the other area where this gets really kind of screwy and i i you know things are bad enough with our podcast migrating so i apologize if this really puts us in the dirt so i'll try and mix my words a little bit but uh, in general you cannot really have much wiggle room with russia as we've learned so um to your point, I think it could be a complete load of hogwash that that's being an, that's being used as an excuse. But on the other hand, I've seen enough uh, things, you know, a, a lot of things come out of Russia that aren't favorable. A um, uh, case of point, uh, the recent documentary that just won Best Documentary at the Academy Awards, Navalny, is a real eye opener. Um, got that. You've got the Icarus documentary about the, uh, the doping scandal and the Sochi Olympics. There's a lot of stuff over there where um, should you step out of line, you're yeah, like if you're an athlete over there, you uh, either won't be one anymore, or you're going to get into a lot of hot water and it's not like a slap on the wrist. So I again, it, this is where it gets really tricky, where it's like knowing that that's a real possibility, that it's not just your country is going to be angry with you, like it could actually be a safety concern. Um this is where it gets so tough. But in the grand scheme of things, with those things aside, we do know that a lot of it is complete and utter, and I'm sorry, Jason, you've got to get to work. Um complete another bullshit. Uh where a lot of people never hold back, Jay. Never hold back. Where they they absolutely are being bigoted and they are being terrible people. And like I said, we've all grown up in a time when um unfortunately you know as kids and stuff uh you know we used to use words like gay and whatnot as like synonyms for lame or stupid um mm-hmm. but w- we we did a lot of growing we did a lot of growing and we um you know it's been like 25 years 20 25 years or so since that generation like that ntv south park m&m generation where um but even south park if you look at south park now they've done a lot of a lot of shifting where they would use the F word as well as an insult. And now they actually have gay characters on South Park, like actually not as a punchline, they're actually gay characters. And it's nice seeing that progress from where we came from because we're at that age, but at the same time, um, I don't know. It feels like as bad as that is, it's, it's almost worse. Um, some of these, these back steps that we're doing is almost worse where it's, Like at this point, it feels like a lot of people are willing to not even acknowledge their fellow person because Mm -hmm. of a lot of these conversations. And that's where it gets really frightening. And it's, it's really sad, you know, again, it's a very complicated image, but at the end of the day, um, I always try to subscribe by the golden rule. Uh, you know, if you don't want it done to yourself, why would you want it done to somebody else? At The end of the day, who you love should not determine like how you're treated and um as long as you're you know not abusive or toxic or hurting anybody um if if it's a consensual love between two people who love one another i don't understand why i just don't understand why we have we still have this um this toxicity around i think
0: that's what what i'm i'm so disappointed in because like when you when you're when you're talking about the lgbtq community it's not about like what i think what the players um are uh against it's like the act of it or something like that but when you're thinking about about the community at the end of the day it's all about who you love and that love is is genuine it doesn't matter if it's uh m- uh male female non-binary but bi- like it, it doesn't matter it's who you love and that's what pride is really and mm-hmm. Where where the disappointment comes in, it's like there there's the education isn't there, right? It's all about just like you said, Dre. They completely disregard of like um, who these people are and who and what they represent. Instead of they just think about, oh, this goes against uh, a belief that I have, which doesn't make any friggin' sense. And like again, it you're just you're you're in in a league that. Especially in the NHL, who the representations is already at a minimal. It's like if if you're not uh, if you're Asian, Hispanic, Black, uh, gay, you're the representation is not co- nearly close to where it should be. And then now to have all these players, and now like like again, I know that there is a openly gay. Um, uh, I guess a G League player in the NHL, uh, who, who is basically he said he shares his disappointment uh when it comes to an inclusion of the NHL. Um basically he's saying that it's now become the focus of others uh how about the players and not about participating right in the meaning of the night itself. And that that's what I really feel like. It's it's the meaning of the the flag it's the meaning of the inclusivity but now it's just be now it's just like oh this player is not wearing in this player is not wearing it because of this sort of belief and these teams don't want to do it and like it just it just comes down to such stupidity it like it's a warm-up jersey. It's just to make people who are who have struggled their entire lives, uh, because they don't feel included, because they're scared to come out, uh, to show them who they who they really are. And now you're saying or like, now you're saying that we don't want you to be a part of it. So, yeah. It strikes a nerve for sure. You know, I, I I would like to say I'm an ally as well. I love the family and friends that who are in this community, and I stand by them uh, no matter what, no matter what happens. And when they see something like this, it is very, very disappointing. So this is why I wanted to bring it up with you guys, because I know that we share the same disappointment, you know, and, and I, I want the LGBT community who are listening to this to be like, that's not right. And, and I'm with you. I'm with you guys on this.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it's a tough topic all around because, you know, regardless of the many other variables that I brought up at the end of the day, there is still, uh, a concrete, uh, bigotry and, um, you know, this lack of allowing people to just love and live freely, which really, um, you know, it's, uh, you know i don't like getting too too personal on these spas or anything but um as uh both of you know and a lot of people close to me know i'm actually a part of an interracial relationship it's one of those things where i forget that i am honestly um mm-hmm. but if this was even 30 years ago even 20 years ago but like for sure back in the 50s 60s this would have been treated very similarly um Uh, Not quite as severe, let's be honest, not quite as severe, depending on the area or whatnot, maybe as severe even worse. But um, I want how I'm treated for the most part to kind of be the norm for everybody, where I forget that I'm in an interracial relationship, but that's kind of how it should be. It's not something that stands out. It just is, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. I I know that a lot of what we've been talking about here has been pretty um, – it's it's glum, right? Because of – How things have evolved but if i could offer a ray of sunshine you know my kids uh have classmates now that are
2: um open fluid or
1: yeah yeah Yeah. and and it kind of speaks to your point dre about what it was like many years ago right and i'm I'm, i wouldn't even go as far back as 20 years ago i would even say even 10 years ago you definitely would not hear that but Mm -hmm. now um it's, it's, it's a lot more, I mean, our, our kids are basically growing up in a different generation and it, and it gives me a lot of hope. Um, I received an email from one of the parents, one of my, my, my kids' classmates' parents um, questioning um, what the teacher was, was promoting. There were, there was something that they were doing in class that was in support of the LGBTQ community. And this one parent emailed all the other parents saying, Hey, I don't agree with this. Do you want to sign this petition? We're going to send it to our city councilor." And I got to tell you, he didn't, he didn't get a single signature. Hmm. Um, he was, he hmm. was in the minority there, but it it's, it was a bit of an eye opener because it, it, it saddens me that there are still folks uh, out there, even in, in our age bracket that are still feel that way. Um, of course the NHL players that we were just talking about are in that age bracket. Right. But um, it does give me hope that A, other parents didn't sign it, but B, that our kids are kind of already growing up in that era that you were alluding to there, Dre, where you're not even thinking about it, right? And and it's not even like a topic of discussion where, where it's my It's not
2: politics. Thinking, it's literally just yeah. a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they, they're not coming home and saying, oh my gosh, guess what I found out? This was found out in just casual conversation. Like, I brought up this email to my kids and they're like, yeah, there's like four or five of them in my class. Like it was like a nothing to them. And mm-hmm. and that's where I hope we evolve to as a society where it is not a big deal. And I like to think that we're kind of headed towards there. We're just not there right now. And, and and what's happening in the NHL and all around the world is, is it's sad, but at the same time, it's, I, I feel like there is a light at the end of this tunnel, and uh, yeah. it, hopefully it'll happen soon.
0: I, I, I want to say, so, so I don't want to turn this back to a, uh, the Last of Us podcast, but I I I want to say that I, the there's so many reasons why I love that show not only because it it is such a great ad- adaptation but like specific episodes specifically episode three, Oh, the Bill um, and Frank yeah yes the mm-hmm. Bill and Frank episode which they made uh, a beautiful beautiful love story between two people um, uh, living through. know a zombie apocalypse like they it it was an incredible story but when listening to like the post podcast but from the creators they they said that all they wanted to do was they they didn't want to be uh they they didn't just want to hire non-gay people they want to hire people who have experience and to learn what is it like to be a a middle-aged man who had who doesn't show? Who doesn't like, you know, in our ways know if a certain person is is gay, and they wanted to learn, and so that's why they hired a gay director, a gay writer, uh, a gay actor, and like it's all about learning from people who have the who who are a part of the community, and that's why I think there is such a divide where. The the people who don't want to learn just cut it off completely, and then they just kind of hide it behind my faith or uh, something I believe in, and they say there's so much learning that needs to be done with the society, and so that's why when you see like one of the most watched show ever uh, on HBO have a episode like that. Uh, that's where I kind of feel like this society is turning a page, but then when something like this in the NHL, uh, this kind of thing happens, like, it's like, oh, why do we have to take another step or three back, you know? So I I do hope that these players and these organizations do learn from this experience. I don't think they will, to be honest, (laughs) but you know, hopefully somebody, uh, out of this experience does it, it, I hope it doesn't the The young boy or girl who is playing hockey right now, who, uh, who f- feel like they don't belong, they I hope they don't have to go through this. I hope they don't feel like they don't belong. You know, I I hope that they do. That there is a community out there for players, for kids in the LGBT community in hockey, uh, stand tall together. You know, and that's what I hope that they get out of this.
2: I mean, it's interesting that you bring up uh, the Last of Us. Um... Because there are two communities that I view as like quite possibly being, being like the two most toxic out there, uh, sports and video games. And, um, you know, you bring up the uh, how progressive it is to make such an episode and the way that they handled it really well. And they absolutely did. But I'll never forget some of the atrocious, disgusting response to that episode where um, mm-hmm. I remember people comparing it to like, um, Brokeback Mountain, but not in a favorable way. They were like, oh, I couldn't handle seeing so much graphic sex. And like, if you watch the episode, which I've seen twice, there's like nothing, nothing even happens. Like they're fabricating the, um, the extremity of, mm-hmm. of the subject matter. And, um, you know, it's the same thing with like sports, for instance, where, uh, you know, it's no secret now that uh, I follow the WNBA. Uh, probably won't follow the storm anymore because they've just completely dismantled but hey uh, that's a topic for another episode um but you know we're used to unfortunately seeing the amount of um vitriol that that, that women get for instance or uh, the fact that so many um so many LGbtq plus members of sports don't feel comfortable coming out because they they know what it what is on the receiving end of them. So, or sorry, let me rephrase that. They know what they're in for when it comes to like the negative response, which is still really sad. And I feel mm-hmm. like, um, it, you know, we still, we still have a ways to go. And uh, I guess my final say in the subject, um, you know, I'm not a very spiritual person or anything, but I did grow up, I'm Greek. I grew up in a Greek Orthodox household. And I can safely say that a lot of people using religion as a blanket reason um a forgot to read the entirety of the bible uh because you know they forgot the whole bit about um love thy neighbor regardless of who they are and what they've done um you're acting like these people are sinners or like terrible people um when really they, they're just doing something that you don't you might not partake in um there's nothing wrong with that and you're uh you're clinging on to one piece of the bible one very specific part which isn't reflected throughout the entirety of the bible um like one or two lines if i'm not mistaken and um you know if you're gonna be if you're gonna use that much scrutiny why don't you uh Mm -hmm. also go through all the parts where uh you know you could be executed for far less like you know like just silliness like complete and utter silliness um like it's 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 at the end of the day i'm gonna say it again sorry jason it's bullshit and um you know I if you really yes, it is. If, if you really care that much about your faith or the fact that you're going to be clinging on to things like that um do it for the whole bible because if you're doing it for like one or two parts then you know you're just a hypocrite and uh if that's not the case just say say it as it is it's not the religion it's you it's how you feel about the subject matter maybe through right. a religious lens but it's you and that's all i'm gonna say about it
0: yep Mm -hmm. this is why this is why uh, jay uh you agree with me this is why i would need a dre on this episode man (laughs) every everything you said man everything i i I, i'm not very good at articulating how i feel i just know how i feel and there's a certain way i feel and i know that dre and jay both you have a way of like saying exactly how i feel and dre Thank you, my friend. Thank you yeah, for sharing that. Really and, and and yeah, exactly. Until so, we get all the hate
2: mail, then it's so like, Dre, that was Dre's opinion. Yo, <laughs> I don't
0: care. Bring it <laughs> on, please. We are. We have a stance and we stick by it. And that's why I love you guys, man. Okay, so that was a big topic. And let's take a little bit of a break, all right? And we'll come back. We'll actually talk about some basketball. If people are already toned out, don't matter to me. Let's <laughs> talk about basketball when we we'll come back. All right. Talk to you guys soon.
2: Also something else that the nhl will probably not be using during warm-ups uh because yeah. i don't i don't really know what the product or service is but chances oh. are uh the it, uh, chances are it won't be used especially if it's like a i don't know like a repair service or something like they're not going to be yeah. using it during during warm-ups uh, i don't know
1: man i, I did not want to do. cut you off there Dave, but I'm, <laughs> it's funny because we just switched networks we're no longer with vox media right so as part of our new network hey what's up feng fans first sports network. I don't even think we have ads. So yet. ah yet. yet, yet
0: there it is. Yet, but, I added but yet.
1: in case there was during that, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, we missed you. we
0: missed your post break uh, yeah, intros, Dre. Every or time I'll just we... say it
2: again, my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> every,
0: every time we come back or end an episode, Dre, we just say insert Dre because we have no idea. Yeah. We don't know what just to do. Just insert Dre. That's it. It's Just <laughs> quip. The quip of Dre that we missed. All right. Well, welcome back to That's a Red Podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans and allies to the LGBTQ community, of course, in the beginning of the episode. If you are still tuning in, thank you. If you have tuned out, hey, everyone, everyone has their own opinions. So. Let's talk about Raptors. I know there's a Raptors podcast, so let's talk about the Raptors. Dre, uh, Jay, the Raptors are basically stuck in the play-in tournament. Nine games left. It's not like they aren't, uh, mathematically speaking, they are. They can still make it to the sixth place. But I think with the, with the games that are coming up, I know that they're facing, again, we're, we're recording this on uh, the Friday the 24th. And the, they're going to play it's the Pistons uh, today. and oh, then, God. And, <laughs> I know. And then they're uh, a really uh, pivotal matchup against the the Wizards, who are out of the plane at the moment. Uh, and then the Heat. And then uh, a bunch of games against really high uh, Eastern Conference teams like the 76ers, Celtics, Celtics, and Bucks. But let's see if they're actually going to play their top team or top players. But now I just want to stick with the Raptors right now. Uh, Dre, let me start with you, man. The likelihood of the Raptors moving up to sixth, seventh, albeit even eighth place. Because they're right now, they're ninth, and they are one game behind the Atlanta Hawks, who have been waiting for someone to overtake them for a long time. But we're, for some reason, we just can't get over the hump. Are we going to stick at ninth? Are we going to go lower than ninth? Are we going to go above eighth, seventh, sixth?
2: Oh, God. Okay. What are the entire. um? Like seventh 8th, eight to nine, tenth spots. So like. at so, the moment, Jay, you can go ahead.
1: Oh yeah, I was going to say. Uh, so Raptors are behind the the Heat and and Nets. So that that they're the six sevens. Uh, four losses, four in the lost column, and there are nine games left. So that's the uphill battle. If anything, a more achievable one is probably the Hawks. There's a one game difference, and then behind them, the Raptors are tied with the Bulls in the lost column. Uh, for ninth and tenth, and uh, the Pacers are two back of us, and the Wizards are three back of us in the lost column.
2: Okay, so I feel like the Pacers are on pace to not make it, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and I, I feel like uh, the on, Wizards. I I don't think they have like a high chance of doing well, but you never know. Um, I'd like to say the Heat are gonna stick their landing but i mean who knows they're completely unpredictable at this point and then the nets who i thought were gonna like just completely catapult themselves to last place uh aren't doing as nearly as bad as i thought but they're still not great i well, feel like I we did they're loser of five at the moment they have like a good
0: stronghold on the seventh spot yeah but they've they're five they they've lost five in a row and i, I don't think that the hawks or the raptors can can catch up to them but yeah just to, to your point the nets i think that they're going to stay in seventh place
2: uh, maybe but i mean i feel like we're going to be fine for actually taking part in the play-in tournament um I would have liked to have at least just made the playoffs outright, but um, I guess, I guess they're underperforming this year. That's all I can say.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Jay, if you had a choice of play in opponent, who would you rather have the bulls or the Hawks?
1: How about neither? Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm confident that the Raptors will do well against both specifically the Hawks. Yeah. Um, the Bulls have been actually one of the better defensive teams since they also break since they got Pat Beverly, which is really annoying, but they have actually <laughs> been one of the best defensive teams. So that, that gives me a bit of caution here. Um, you know, going, going to your, your question to, to Dre about where the Raptors will end up. I think it's it, the writing's kind of on the wall here that they're going to end up in somewhere in, in this eight, ninth limbo. Um, I, I would tend to believe that the Raptors are going to finish in eighth, you know, Jason, you, you kind of alluded to the fact that the Hawks are basically trying to hand it to anyone to pass them Yeah, legit. Um, and it, it hasn't happened yet, but, uh, the, the Raptors have a more favorable, uh, schedule down the stretch versus uh, the Hawks. I think they can pass yeah. them. Um, agreed. So I, I would say, yeah, let, let's just say hypothetically, the Raptors do get in the, that eighth spot. Um, then that probably means they're facing the Nets, and isn't that going to be kind of cool? It's the Utah-Watanabe Bowl, and <laughs> also it's it's the Raptors will be facing a Nets team that would be floundering a bit. They, you know, this is a team that was in the top three at one point this year. Obviously, after the Durant and Irving trades, they've kind of been uh, free falling. Um, but that's kind of what you want. You want to face a team that is struggling. I mean, last year we remember both the Cavaliers and the Bulls did really well throughout the season, but injuries started hurting them at the end of the season. And they both kind of fell out of the playoffs altogether or, or into the play-in. So um, injuries kind of befell those two teams last year. This year, I, I would put the Nets in the similar category of a team that is going in the wrong direction. Hmm. Um, I mean that they're, they're Jacques Vaughn doing the best he can do with what he's got. Right. But let's face it, like they've, they've lost two superstar players. Right. And, Ben Simmons is nowhere to be seen, so it's... <laughs> Was um, he ever? Yeah, so so the, they're kind of ripe for the picking there, right? So the assuming the Raptors are able to overcome this one-game deficit on the Hawks uh, and finish up in eighth, what we're looking at is the possibility that they would be going into Brooklyn uh, in that 7-8 matchup with a chance to get the seventh spot and line up with, I don't know, um, the Sixers or... or Oh my gosh, the the Celtics, but yeah, yeah, I have the Raptors finishing in eighth, um, in that seven, eight spot. I think Miami will, uh, do just enough to, to get past Brooklyn, uh, and squeak into the playoffs there at at six. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's where I see it. I think, I think I realistically will end up being the Nets, but if I had to choose an opponent, like if there's a way in which the Raptors could face anyone for that seven, eight, I would pick the Hawks. Um. Yeah, that's yeah. Probably mathematically, I mean, not really
0: going to be happening there. So, and and of course, you know, thinking about the play-in tournament, if we don't, if we make it to the seventh or eighth spot, all we have to do is win once. If we make it to, if we have to be in the ninth or tenth, we have to win twice. And so, the seventh place is going to have home court advantage, of course. But again, if we can win on the road, we'll we'll make it to seventh. And in that case, we would probably face either the Celtics or the 76ers arguably both of them aren't very favorable to us uh, but I think I, I, what yeah So I'll,
1: I'll cut you off there and say that I purposely and, and I'm glad you haven't said it yet I purposely left out Miami um obviously if you were to, to if you're a betting man like Miami has less games left there is a real possibility that 7-8 would be Toronto visiting Miami and let's okay. just say <laughs> that is uh, a bloodbath nobody wants yeah. to see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, might as well put a steel cage around the court. Um,
2: that would well, be. You know, I'm not going to say no
1: one wants to see, but let's face it. Like Lau- There will be injuries. It's all is I'm going to Lau- say. He's playing because I don't.
0: I haven't He's back. He is back. He's is coming he back. Off the bench. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing I'm, the preview sorry.
1: right now for next week, and then the Raptors face Miami, of course. Um, but. Yeah, Knowing.
0: Us knowing it's, Lowry for so long, there is no chance in hell he's going to let his old team beat him in a play-in tournament. I, no I, I, want, I don't.
1: Sorry, I have, I want no part of Miami. At yeah. least not in a one-and-done type of deal. Like no.
0: maybe in I the playoffs at some point, <laughs> but no way, no I, way. I agree with you. Yeah, I, yeah. I get it, it. So here, here's the thing. I don't think we will. <laughs> okay, Dre Jay. Let's say we, the most positive outcome. Let's make it to seventh. We uh, win a playing a tournament against the Nets, uh, and we make it to seventh place, and we face the Celtics. How many games are we going to get out of that? How many wins can we get out of this, get? If of, we, get we out face of the Celtics. Yes, we're yeah. getting
2: swept. I'm sorry, like we're getting <laughs> like one win. Come on, come on. Is, come on, dude, wow. gentlemen sweep, four. gentlemen sweep.
0: We get one, gentlemen game sweep. Eh? Wow. Okay, uh I don't think we're gonna get swept, but I agree with you. I think we're gonna have one hard ass fought game in like game four or something, so we don't get swept, but we're gonna go out in in five. It, well, since it, since, it since we're go. here, since we're here, what about the Celtics? I mean, sorry, what about the Sixers? 76ers. I think we can get. I think we can get two, one or two. Same as last year. <laughs> same as last year. <laughs> Which honestly, with like if if the if the Raptors
1: actually lose in six games to the Sixers again, based on how crappy this year has been, I would actually see that as a success. That would be. There's no way that the Raptors should be anywhere near winning two games against
2: the Sixers in the no. again. Uh, MVP caliber Joel Embiid. Like, yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't I, be happening. Yeah.
0: And yeah. last year, we didn't really have a center to go, like Thad Young or Ken Burch wasn't really going to have any chance against uh, Embiid. And nor do I really think Yak might have a big of a difference, but we do have technically a center to go against seven, you know, Embiid. We can't get freaking Marc Gasol back from Spain to do this again. So, listen if we get two against the 76ers like you said jay i'll be extremely happy i just like is it just me or do i just want this season to be over so we can like get ready for next season god yes (laughs) you know what i mean like it's been it's been hard for router fans it's been hard mainly i think it's because we have such high hopes and high anticipations and high everything with this team because of how we were last year um uh, it's surprising a lot of people this year has just been like kind of flatlined, you know, and I'm hoping that next year we can kind of start picking up, you know, maybe not where we left off, but like if we, it, it, we will do a whole like a, a off season kind of, kind of episode of course, and, you know, we're still in the season. I don't want to like disregard the fact that we were still going to be in the playoffs, which you can't say the same with the magic and the Hornets and the Pistons or the Wizards at this matter, but oh, this one hurts, man. This one hurts. So, uh yeah man dre jay like if if the raptors make the playoffs get it out of the play-in um like how much of it do you really are, are we mm-hmm. really expected to win i know i i asked you this already but like it's just it's just a, a tough go when it comes to the, the bucks celtics or the 76ers
1: well i think when you're looking at at where they go from here you're, you're just hoping for some form of progress Right. And yeah. And, you know, we kind of jokingly said that the, the Raptors, it, it would be like a, almost a best case scenario would be that they end up in the exact same position as last year, which sounds really odd to say, mm-hmm. but yeah, it has been a really disappointing season. And I think what you're hoping for in these last few games and, in at least one playoff play in type of, of game is uh, a ray of hope. And the, the Raptors, last year provided a lot of those rays of hope throughout uh, the second half of the season and glimpses of it against the Sixers in the playoffs. We haven't seen enough of that. And, you know, there, the, the opportunity for that to happen is dwindling with every passing game. I mean, that Pacers game was pretty much indicative of what it had been like the season, right? It is high expectations, not being met, not even closely. Um after a stretch of like really solid basketball. So I guess what you're hoping for is is, is a bit of a, show me something here, right? Like if it's um, more time for, for Jakob Pirtle or if it is um, getting any kind of production from the bench that does not include Gary Trent Jr., something like that, right? Or, mm-hmm. or better decisions on, on offense from Fred or more aggressiveness from Pascal, whatever it is. Uh, we want to see it. Now there, there is no more wait and see. There is we're down to the last handful of games now, um, and even if the, the even if when if and when the Raptors fall out and their season ends, you want this to happen before then, right? You want to know that there is something to cling on to because the Raptors didn't make any moves at the deadline other than Pirtle um, for a reason, and that's because Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster believe in this core. So this core has to show something mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it's like like I keep saying it's the time is running out on this so um, that's all I'm hoping for here so whatever yeah. that ends up being anything better than that honestly uh, is is the cherry on top here so that's yeah. what I'm hoping yeah.
0: for agree with you agree with you um, okay final thing that unless J- Dre you had you have something to say about the Raptors at this point uh, good luck that's good enough for me uh final point before we before we let you go guys the the i think the canada basketball had like i i don't want to discredit the amount of talent that's coming out of canada like the last couple of games we've already like played against with the nuggets the thunder uh the pacers of course and even the pistons coming up like canada basketball is at top, top, top notch, and someone like Shea, like you said, uh, Jay. I know you you put this on the on the calendar, um, or the schedule. Someone like Shea has a real possibility of winning Most Improved Player of the Year. Uh, I agree with you. To answer your question, I agree with you, uh, Dre. Do you agree with Jay's statement with with Shea possibly getting the Most Improved Player of the Year?
2: Yeah, I mean, um. I mean, who else could... It be? I mean, you always have... Uh, you also have Laurie Markin and which yeah, is a... Yeah, it's between those two. Oh, yeah, it, Which yeah, is yeah, a yeah. potential. But I was trying to think, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the difference is... Um, I mean, rankings-wise, you can say whatever you want about the Thunder and the Jazz, but... Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like what typically helps in categories that aren't Defensive Player of the Year are... Um, Flashiness, flashiness certainly helps. And uh, Lori Markkinen is a terrific player with such improvement, but it's almost impossible to not notice Shea Gilger's Shea Alexander where, um, ah, geez, I don't, I, I don't know who I would pick between the two. Like if you had like a, like a gun to my head and I had to pick God, um, I would only say, And this is where the category gets really murky for me. I would only say Laurie Markkinen because I wasn't even talking about him before, whereas now we are. I feel like Shea Gilders Alexander has had this trajectory for years where he was slowly getting better and better and better. Um, But the the MIP conversation doesn't really uh, ignore that. You know, we've seen players who have slowly gotten better and better and better and are expected to become better and hit their ceiling um get rewarded so uh for me it's not necessarily just who proved so much that we didn't expect it's uh who had a lot expected of them and they reached that potential and then some and mm. i guess that's why i think it's going to go to shay but for my own personal selection god that's tough i personally love like a siakam story when he won where i mean who the hell was talking about siakam i thought of us like Raptors fans, year that year that he like broke out and they won the championship and he was being compared to Scottie Pippen, for God's sakes. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it's not like a talent sort of conversation, but like, you know, in terms of his role, like that's a huge comparison. But then, you know, when they're talking about like Luca or whatever, it's like, well, yeah, we knew he was going to become this. You know, for me, for me, that's kind of like, I'm I'm going with Mark and myself only because again, who was really talking about him in this way, whereas with Shea Gilders Alexander, I think when he was sent to to OKC, it was almost like, oh, shit, like, what's this guy going to do over there? This guy's going to get wasted in his prime. But, like, really, we're seeing him do really well. Uh, All things considered, I feel like he still needs some help. But, um, I mean, it's expected of Shea. But regardless, that's not against the criteria. So I feel like he's still probably, most certainly going to get MIP he deserves it too
0: yeah i i the only reason why i think it's it's gonna be marketing i i do agree with the 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 standing situation and well wait where is where is uh utah in the they're
2: both actually? like playing right now i think aren't they no oh, no yeah. like they're, they're, oh, actually yeah,
0: utah, wow wow look at those standing 36 37 yeah 35 30 they're 11 and 12 oh, the thunder
2: are right on the outside that's what it is
0: no, well, the, the Jazz are right after right game.
2: Yeah. Wow. Like right, right. there. Wow.
0: Okay, so that's an interesting conversation. I see <laughs> Jalen Brunson's name floating around yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, that's really also
2: be a your good third one. one right? Right? That's
0: yeah. also and like his advantage
1: one. is that look at where New York is, right? They are. Yes. Yep. We're not talking about them as a play-in team. Like they're legit the fifth seed, right? Like, yep. Which is
2: very annoying, very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're, you're telling me, but like <laughs> what what doesn't help Brunson is that he's not like the de facto number one option on his team. Like the team needs yeah. Shea and needs Laurie And whether you're the Thunder or the Jazz. With, yeah. uh, well, then again, um, Brunson has saved uh, Julius Randle's temperamental ass quite a few times, so <laughs> mm-hmm. you've got that. You know, Julius is the number one, but is he always reliable? No, Jalen is.
0: I think if so, the Thunder have. I think also nine games. They have ten games left. If they go up the standings, and right now they're in the play-in tournament, if they go up the standings and they surpass like the Lakers and even the even the Pelicans, actually, no, the Lakers, Pelicans, and Thunder are all tied. And mm-hmm. the Mavericks, they're all tied. Yeah. So 8, it's 9, crazy. 10, 11, seed are all tied. Ty- <laughs> oh, my God. The West is crazy. And then so, you added the,
1: said, the T-Wolves and the Jazz also. All of them have 37 losses.
0: That is crazy. That's crazy to look at, man. That's a wild, wild rest mm-hmm. right there. So my point is, if the Thunder uh, go up in the standings, which is a high, very high possibility, I think the 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 chances of Shea getting that MIP is is much higher than Larry. Uh, and that would be an incredible feat for him. I think that'd be that'd be that'd be so fantastic for him. I think I we legitimately well. have
1: a a three a three headed race here, right? And it really depends on on you as a voter. What is your stance on this, right? I think that Brunson and Markin fall into the category of a uh, guy who needed another team and opportunity to show that he's amazing. Yep. Whereas mm. Shea has got the harder leap. His most improved leap is going from. Um, Fringe all star to superstar. Now that's a lot harder, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. in terms that's of improvement. True.
2: So that's, that's why I
1: have him on a different level. um But then again, he had we to grow from
2: one of the worst teams and made them into like a fringe playoff team. Yeah, yeah and this, still, this is he a, basically did that.
1: And they lost. They lost uh, Holmgren, right? Like Holmgren was supposed to help. It was supposed to be like the Shea and, and Chet show yep. this year in terms of mm-hmm. trying to make the playoffs but look this is essentially the thunder are where they are right now w- people assume that the the thunder would have been in this spot with chet holmgren and they yep. lost him and Fair he's point. they still got here off the back of shea so that's why i have yeah, him elevated but yep. yeah if you if you were to tell me that you were to give it to brunson because he's made the knicks relevant i wouldn't fault you if you told me they would be marketing because he just needed more opportunity to show that he is an all-star. Then I wouldn't fault you either. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just giving the slightest of nods to to Shea.
0: Yeah, definitely a three-headed race. Also, uh, with the Dorcher Chamber, which I think is they—they they should have like a, a an award for the best nickname. Uh, for a player, I think Dortmund no, the problem
2: play. is that'll that'll invite so much bullying. Let's be honest, come on, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's fair, that's fair. But yeah, I did see you put up like what is a good uh nickname for uh for Yak and Fred because oh, right. I feel like Yak and Skills is now Yak and Fred. It so, is. what would be a good? I so I was thinking, hmm, a good nickname for Yak and Fred, I was thinking like Yeti, perhaps, oh, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like a microphone Yeti? Uh, I don't know. That's that's a little lame. Well, also, like you know, film.
2: Yeti's also appropriate, and I don't want to lose a bunch of fans here. Yeti's yeah, yeah. also appropriate. <laughs> some thinking. people, some people claim to uh, some yeah, people yeah, claim yeah. to see the Yeti, but for a lot of other people, they're missing in action. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, okay, that's you might have to cut that out. But uh, to be fair, it's very appropriate, especially for Fred Van Fleet in, in this season. Unfortunately,
1: Can we like mix mix their their nicknames together and like steady puddle or something like that like I
2: don't know that's just ugly <laughs> I know, yeah, go or on. like
0: or like bet on your yak or something.
2: <laughs> that sounds like uh like what was that service in the 2000s or 90s like the yak phone line what was that for again oh my I gosh that <laughs> it, it sounds like a cat like a like a phrase for that like a commercial from that company <laughs> <laughs> with oh a with a
0: name like, like Yak, like with a name like Yakub, it it's hard not to have give him a nickname, you know, like Big Yak or I remember Fred apparently like from uh the Willu interview, Fred called him like Big Ugly, which is Aww. so mean. <laughs> That's so mean. Oh,
2: come, <laughs> come on. on. He just got that. Come back. on, Fred.
0: Come on, Fred. Uh, oh my anyways. god. But yeah, let's think about some nicknames. Maybe Maybe Yeti is not the best one. All right, well, Jay, Dre, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Uh, let's see what happens in the in the next week. Uh, we'll probably have a better indication of where the Raptors will be. Uh, but yeah, do you? Oh, you know what? Let's bring this back. Do you guys have a weekly recommend? Yes. For this week, okay,
2: yep. Jay, go for it, brother.
0: Which John recommend? Wick
2: Four. Ooh, oh, rest already? in peace, Lance Reddick. Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir.
1: I mean, I won't give anything away, but it was uh, it was a good one. It was a good one. That's all I'll say. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to ruin anything. But it it was, uh, you know, you you kind of know what to expect. Sorry, you know what to expect when you're going to watch a John Wick movie. And um, thankfully, this you know it it gets to a point where after when you start getting past a trilogy, you start to like. I think about I don't know Fast and Furious for example, and it's like. Oh, you're starting to really wear this thing out, possibly. And I thought that honestly it it didn't feel worn out to me. Um
2: from what I know, this is actually the last one for now. So that's good yeah. to know. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it that's the other part, right? It, it kind of that feeling of is this gonna be dragging on or anything? It, no, it was it was really well done and uh I I I'd recommend it. So that's mine. And rest in peace, Line trailer.
0: So I uh, I've never watched a John Wick before. Mm-hmm.
2: i don't like action films and they're pretty decent interesting (laughs) yeah
0: okay Okay. uh so if i'm looking for a probably i feel like this is just straight action
2: right yes and no it's still got like interesting story but they are like full-on action films for sure
0: Mm. okay i mean you know if if I ever get around to it, maybe I'll, I'll give it a go. I just feel like, yeah, it's on the, it's like on the fourth leg, and I, I feel like I've already kind of missed that opportunity. But hey, you knows, maybe I'll go back to John Wick One. Dre, what about you, man? Weekly recommend?
2: Well, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but it's, it's coming. Uh, so I'm not gonna say the season because it's not out yet, but I've heard great things about it. I will say, um, just in general, the show because it's returning, uh. I'm just going to – I've said it already on my site, filmsfatale.com. Shameless plug. Um, So it's not news at this point. And I don't think it's a hot take. But uh, HBO's Succession mm. is flat out one of uh, the greatest shows of all time. It shit, is returning. I also haven't seen that before. <laughs> it's, it's returning for its final season. Its final season is currently getting rave reviews. And it's the type of show where – like every second counts so if it had a, a very bad landing uh it would kind of destroy the entire show like if you think of like game of thrones or something like that oh. um succession if you've never seen it which at this point feels like most people have seen it but i guess not jason so i'll give Any. you like a, oh guys come on I watch i watched the
1: first episode and i was like man i gotta like for me getting into a show uh if i'm so late like succession like I need to I need to have the time for it. And unfortunately I have it. Like, especially for hour long episodes and catching up on three seasons. Anyways, sorry I'm cutting you off. I will <laughs> definitely okay. at some point give it some time because the Raptor season is gonna end soon and I will have time.
2: It's not yeah. a very long show. I mean the episodes are long, but like the fact that this is the final season and it's only uh four seasons and it's gonna be like just under 40 episodes, I think, is not bad. So, yeah, yeah. the premise is you follow the Roy family, uh, who are a bunch of you know entitled rich losers. Um, and the matriarch or sorry, the patriarch of the family, uh, Logan Roy, is the uh, head of this conglomerate that owns all of these media outlets and everything, and um, he is kind of hinting that he's going to step down so uh the first episode hints at everybody that could succeed him including his most promising son kendall um and so many other people in the roy family who are either estranged or they're like disinterested but as soon as the episode ends and he basically says you know what i'm not going to step down i'm actually going to keep going suddenly the entire series is about this family and all of its individual members, whether they're blood-related or married in, basically screwing over one another to try and usurp <laughs> the the king of the family. Um, it's very, very dark, very hilarious, or quite hilarious. Um, it's uh, extremely twisty and turny, and very hard to predict, which is not something you could find nowadays. But it's also, like, borderline Shakespearean, like, mm. if you think of like King Lear and that sort of thing, where you're just viewing the uh, the tragic side of these politics. um I'm telling you, if you start the show and you're like kind of hesitant, reach, I think it's like the sixth or seventh episode. Um, I think it's called Whose Side Are You On? If I'm not mistaken, if not, there's like a song that's got that lyric that's prevely or that's, that's heavily prevalent in that episode, but you'll know the one, because I don't want to spoil what it's about. That turning point, from that point on, it becomes like an iconic series, and it just does not let up, and it only gets more and more harrowing, twisty, unpredictable, shocking. I'm telling you, it's going to go down after this final season, especially with these reviews. It's going to go down as one of the greatest shows of all time. I'm telling you.
0: Mm. Wow. What is that? What is that GIF?
2: Sold. So yeah.
0: on yeah. Then and then Can I add something to this. It. Like at work,
2: we have a
1: one of our Slack channels. It's just really about stuff that we watch. And in in preparation for the new season of, of Succession, someone has posted a list of all of the possible successors. Oh my and God! Everyone, there's like
2: thirty. No, no. Yeah,
1: actually, and so we got like there's
2: like twelve. Yeah,
1: the, and there's like a, a an accompanying emoji with each person and. People are just essentially attaching the emoji they think will be the successor. And right now the leader is uh Tom and Greg as C E O and C O O. That's the leader.
2: Oh, that's not that's not far off from what I'm predicting. But I'm scared to say too much for those who haven't seen anything. Yeah, and, and
1: I'm only telling you what I'm seeing here, and then you can take whatever judgment out of this. And then second place right now is cousin Greg. Third place is is this Jerry?
2: Gary. Jerry? Oh, Jerry. Yeah.
0: That's who and Cousin Greg is. I saw, I saw something. Yeah, he was at the Raptors rap game. Was how how was there? Right? I was there. Greg like, the Yeah. Greg they the posted – cousin greg i was like who what is the who is a cousin greg i Perhaps all succession. i know is that they had mike myers there and i was more happy about that oh no
2: it's nicholas braun what are you doing yeah. nicholas braun uh, in succession I mean, he's, listen, oh, he's fantastic gotta, yeah gotta, without gotta spoiling watch. anything I'm, I'm team greg as well and i'm not going into why <laughs> because you need to watch and we will discuss this in like off the air yeah totally
0: nice all right well two things that i haven't watched yet and definitely recommend um and i guess my recommend would be has you have you guys ever seen a youtube show called worth it no
2: nope i am a very stupid when it comes to like what's on youtube and social media and stuff
0: so i i watch youtube relatively because mainly they're they're easily digestible especially if we have a uh, newborn, so we kind of can watch like ten minutes episodes here and there. But these guys from LA, they they've they're on their final season. I think it's like season six or something like that. But they go around. Um, they their shtick is they go to three different uh, restaurants or or based on a certain food, so it could be pork or beef or veggie or whatever. It could be a theme, and they go to three different restaurants uh, to try out three different price points and see which one's the worth it at its price. That's why it's called worth it.
2: Uh, and
0: so the latest episode was they did one in toronto with uh, simu Liu, and they huh. went to i think so they went to patty king they went to pie in toronto and then they also went to a place mm-hmm. called the lobster king and or lobster house in markham uh Ooh. so it's like really cool how they went to you know my old stopping grounds and yeah i i thought i thought it would be pretty cool to I, I thought it was really cool to see not only see lue but also like i've wa- we've watched christine and i have watched these guys for for forever and they've never done something like toronto uh so yeah i just wanted to give them a shout out and the fact that it's their last season hey man well done well done so that's my that's my weekly recommend um yeah man just wanted to say thank you guys and and i i love the fact that we're back together uh and it's always a pleasure to talk to you both but until next time trey jay and raptor fans. Desperate?